from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, as well as on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. So many places to watch and listen live from inside of the Cafe Kubal studios, and I thank you so much for being here. It is my honor and my pleasure on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to tell stories from people all over the world. And I also get to tell stories from people that are right in my backyard of Central and Upstate New York. And one of my favorite human beings who sat in the studio with me just a little bit ago was Luke Sutherland. And not only did he sit with me in the studio, we sat a bunch of times at the Wildcat Sports Pub with our exclusive monthly West Jenny's show that we do there. And amidst all of that, we also got to be arm-in-arm together on the court when his team of the West Genesee Wildcats boys basketball won their first ever Class AA state title here in the state of New York. So Luke and I have a lot of memories, and I got to meet his family, which was also incredible that I got to do that down in Binghamton on this run to the state championship, and I got to spend some time with them just off the court. So one of my favorite people that I have met in this world And we always have a good time here. It goes well beyond basketball for me. So I'm happy to bring him in on the heels of him making a decision to transfer to LeMoyne College to play for the Dolphins men's basketball team with three seasons to go. And this is the exclusive first conversation. And I am so thankful that Luke gave me that opportunity and that privilege. So let's bring the man in. Mr. Sutherland, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing very well, man. And so first and foremost, for what I just said, thank you for letting me be your first interview. Yeah, no problem. You know, it's only right, right, at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point I need to be like, you know, the godparent of your first child. So (laughs) make it happen. Make it happen, Luke. I know your sister's going to have something to say, but they can have more than one set of godparents. So (laughs) it's fine. And your sister likes me. We're good. Right? Where we met, I know mom, I know dad, we're all fine. So, yeah, you guys are in the clear. yeah I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I feel like I've passed every, every place that I needed to pass on the road here. Speaking of being on the road and passing a lot of stuff, after West Jenny, you went to Siena and there was a coaching change there uh, prior to. So, you felt really good about it. You were going to Siena and then the head coach changes. And then you kind of didn't know for a little bit. And I know that, you know, it kind of weighed on you for a while. You ultimately decided to go there. And then you decided to go to Bryant. And now you're coming to Lemoyne. So these last few years have seen you make a lot of changes in your world. And, and I want to start with Sienna. Bring me back to uh, that time period. I know we talked about it before, but you've had plenty of time to reflect on it. What ultimately made you go to Sienna despite the coaching change? And what did you take away from your first season there? I mean, I mean, definitely looking back on it, I mean, it was when, when making that decision, when, when Coach Christian left, you know, I thought that that was still going to be a place that I was going to be able to go and, and really develop and, and really have an opportunity to show what I can do at that level. So when, when I was headed there, you know, I was talking to Coach Carm, I was talking to the staff there, and it, and it, 
it seemed like a good situation and and we got there and obviously things didn't really work out as as much as i planned or what we planned as as like a family and and just in going that decision and when we arrived there and granted although like getting on the floor wasn't really what we expected in terms of like what we wanted but i mean looking back on it i mean i made some of the best friends that i have i still talk a lot of those guys every single day and in terms of my development, I was able to, to really improve my game, and, and I think I expanded quite a bit by going there. What parts of your game do you feel you improved the most at Siena specifically? It, I, I honestly think the biggest thing there was just being able to put forth, like, cause I'm always one of those people, you know, I'm a worker, so I spent a lot of time in the gym, I spent a lot of time working on what what I want to improve on. So just being at Siena and just able to get a lot of that time in the gym and, and have a lot of people to learn from, like a lot of great players. I got to learn from Jalen, Jalen Pickett, Don Carey, uh, Manny Camper, Elijah Burns, like all those guys. Like I was really able to kind of soak in a little bit of everything. So just in terms of my all around game, like I felt like I got a better IQ. I feel like everything kind of just improved by being in that, in that atmosphere with those players. And I know we, we discussed this before, but, you know, again, hindsight 2020, more time to think about it. Why was one season in Siena enough? You know, you played seven games there. Why did you feel like you had to move on to another school? I just felt like at the time, you know, after, after having conversations with, with the head coach and just kind of moving, out, moving about that process, like it, it was time to try to find a, a better situation. So you do that, and it leads you to Bryant. You spent one year with the Bryant Bulldogs this past season. Transferring during a pandemic, bring me into that, because so unique and crazy and completely insane to have to go through something like this for any student athlete, really any of us that have gone through this pandemic across the world, it's just been very uh, interesting and trying at times. So what was it like for you to make this move, not knowing obviously that the world was going to be completely affected by something that we weren't ready for? It was, it was definitely, I mean, again, like, I I don't know what it was like prior to it. So like, I'm not, I'm not really positive how, how much more like relaxing it was prior, but I know at least during the pandemic, especially trying to transfer everything, I feel like the process definitely got a little bit harder because Suppose where even even when you enter, like you can't visit, you can't do this, you can't do that. So there's, there's so many things that just before would probably be second nature in terms of visiting, meeting with coaches and getting to see campus that you just can't do when the pandemic was going on. And even some like the paperwork stuff that you had to fill out, everything had to have been done through email or, or all like submitted requests that you had to print yourself and copy it and send it so it was just it was a whole different process but but luckily not that we were prepared but the system was set up to a point where it was easily it was easily able to be done you know what i mean so it wasn't it wasn't as bad as as you'd think and then you head off to bryant and you know obviously i got to talk to you and charles pride both of you coming from central new york uh, charles coming through liverpool and you coming through west jenny and I got really, you know, excited about the opportunity of seeing you both on the floor against Syracuse in a game where Syracuse barely beat Bryant. But we didn't get to see you on the floor. We saw Charles, and I believe he had 15 points in the game. 
But what was that like for you? I mean, you come back to the Dome, and there's no fans. You don't get on the court. The game's extremely close. Bring me into all your emotions and your thoughts there, because I was so happy that you were there. But obviously, I'm sure you would have liked it a heck of a lot better if you were on the floor, and obviously if there was people in the stands. So how did you take that experience? I mean, it was cool. You know what I mean? Like, you, you grow up and you, you watch the hometown team play. So, I mean, it was definitely kind of – it was, it was definitely an experience to be able to kind of play against them for the first time. And, um, you yeah, know, it was it was an experience that I hold close to me in a sense that, you know, we I got to compete against the, the team that I grew up watching for the most part. So, and like I, and, and like you said, you, you, you guys watched the game. So, I mean, it was, it was a close game. I mean, we competed, and, and unfortunately, we didn't come out with the win that we wanted. But, I mean, just being able to be in that situation and, and just kind of take it all in was definitely something cool. Speaking here with Luke Sutherland, uh, West Genesee grad, played boys basketball there, won a Class AA state title there, the first ever state title for boys basketball at West Jenny and has since gone on from Siena to Bryant and is now uh, having our the, the first interview, the exclusive first interview since his move from Bryant to Lemoyne. Uh, to, to stay with Bryant for a second here, Luke, playing with Charles Pride, what was your relationship like with Charles prior to? And I know that I talked to you guys about him kind of like recruiting you in and bringing you in. So bring me into what your relationship was like before you came to Bryant and what your relationship became once you guys got to play together? I mean, uh, me and Chuck, we grew up together. We we've, we played basketball with each other since we were really little, and we've been around each other growing up, and especially in the city, like, all these basketball players, we've, we've all played with each other growing up because there's not too many different teams to play for, so all of us are very familiar with each other regardless of where we grew up, but... Um, me and Chuck were lucky enough to, again, we played youth basketball together, we... We were lucky enough to play AAU together, and we played against each other for four years in high school. Like, we were extremely used to each other's games, and to be honest with you, he's one of my best friends coming out of this area. And, and to be able to go to a, a college with him and spend another year with him at this point and at that level was definitely something that we'll hold close to each other. And and especially after this year, like me and Chuck, like like I said, I mean, we were best friends going in, and that's exactly how we are now. And, and just being able to play another year of basketball with him was definitely one of our dreams as kids. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. How frustrating was it to only get out there for, for six games? I mean, did you get frustrated? Did, did Chuck get frustrated? Because I mean, obviously he's playing, but you know, I mean, you guys grew up, like you said, best friends want to play together. Did, did you guys both feel like, yeah, you got to practice together and be there together, but not on the floor together a lot. So did you, did you feel cheated at all i wouldn't say cheated i don't think that's the right term and like i said i mean coach grasso there he's he's an awesome guy and, and coach telly coach cole like all those guys they're, they're they're amazing and they're really good at what they do and and we put together a great season this year and i wouldn't say that's the right word at all i, I think i think I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity i mean it's not it's not every day you get to play with one of the kids that you grow up with and play at that high of a level so again i'm, I'm again i'm thankful for that opportunity and and yeah i mean it would have been it would have been great being able to get out there and play with him but i mean at the end of the day i mean it's, it's all part of the process you know what i mean and in it being part of the process despite you know it not being you know a lot of a lot of time out there for you on the floor what were your biggest takeaways from Bryant? The things that you feel can be beneficial to you in the future? 
the, the the beauty about playing under Coach Grasso is that he tells you exactly what you need to hear. You know what I mean? In the sense that, like, he, he's not going to sugarcoat anything for you. He's going to be straightforward. So, And he's one of those guys that really cares about his players and he, he cares about the development. And luckily I got to play a year under him and, and I really think that I got to expand my game in areas that I may have not been anywhere else. You know what I mean? So I think that was one of the biggest pieces there. I mean, in that year, I feel like I've expanded my game a lot more than I have the year prior. And I think that I'm the best version of myself now. And quite honestly, I don't think anyone's really seen the best version of me. So I'm just excited to be able to go to a place where I can showcase that ability and, and try to, you know, try to go out there and win games. Where did you, I know you talked about where you improved your game at Siena. What did you improve at Bryant's? What were some of those key elements that you feel like really did make you a better player from specifically being with the Bryant Bulldogs? I mean, in being at Bryant, I mean, it was one of those situations where I spent, the year prior at Siena, I, I didn't have the ball in my hands, a lot on the perimeter. It was more of me getting pushed in a position that I wasn't really ever like in that position, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a, I was playing a position that I was not used to playing. I was in a position that I wasn't really comfortable at, and just to be able to go to Brian and have the ball in my hands at different situations, and and really be able to extend my game and, and really make sure that I'm, I'm doing what I want to do at a high level, especially in that that practice and in that on that team. I mean, the team was very very good. So I mean, just being able to touch on all those abilities against really high level talent advance my game a lot more than than you'd think you know and, and and having that advancement of your game you take what you got from Siena you take what you got from Bryant you take what you got from West Genesee what has it turned you into now Luke how would you describe what Lemoyne is getting give me the evolution of Luke Sutherland well I think at high school you saw a like a raw talent you know what I mean you saw someone that could do a little bit of everything and it was cleaned in some areas and and especially after these two years in college, I think you get a, a lot more refined all-around player. I think that, granted that I'm working every day, I'm trying to improve on those things that I feel like I need to improve on. But again, I feel like I have yet to show the best version of myself, and I feel like this is the best I've been in my life. So I'm just, like I said, you're going to see an all-around player who works really hard and hopefully can get on that floor and, and make a big impact. So you make a decision to come to Lemoyne. Bring me into, before you made that decision to come to Lemoyne, uh, decide, I mean, you got a waiver right before the season to play this season for Bryant, and it's a corona year. So you made the decision to be available to play. Why did you choose to be available to play? Because I know some student-athletes did and some didn't. So why did you choose to play during coronavirus, and would you have made the same choice if you had a chance to do it again? Absolutely. I mean, we were told that we were getting a year back. So, I mean, for me personally, I don't, it didn't make much sense of me to sit this one out. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to get the same. You're not going to get the same type of level of play. You're not going to like you, you. just get better, and anytime that you can play, you know what I mean. At this level, especially, you get better. And I and I think that was the biggest thing. After talking with my family and the coaching staff, that was never one of those questions that was in doubt. Like I knew that I was going to play this year in terms of being available and just working out and really taking this year to his advantage, speaking that I'm getting it back. So it was, it was a learning year, so to speak. And, you know, in this, in this learning year and deciding to play during a pandemic, what did you learn about, you know, athletics even more so? Because I mean, you guys had to get tested, 
They obviously have to take care of you. They got to make sure that you're safe. Like, this was a very unique year because there were so many moving parts. I mean, Syracuse had a couple starts and stops. Gonzaga had starts and stops all the way through to, you know, being 31-0 before the championship game. So many teams had to deal with it. You know, I, I talked to Mike Kitts, who's from our community, and the NCAA coordinator of officiating for a lot of different conferences, including the uh, the MAC and, you know, the MAAC and so much more. So, you know, he said in, in just the MAC they had 162 schedule changes before the end of the season or something like that. So how did how do you feel about how everything was handled during the pandemic? Do you feel like you were cared about as a student athlete? What did you learn? I mean, I know this is kind of a multi-layered lasagna of an answer to a question because so much happened this year but what did you take away from the pandemic and and being a student athlete during the pandemic i, I think it, it goes to show just how responsible like we have to be as, as student athletes and and what's exactly expected from us you know we had to we had to make good decisions on f on and off the court whether regardless we do that anyway but even more so now that you you can't you can't take those risks and our team ourselves we've had we had three stoppages this year so it's one of those things that was just part of the game and being able to have the discipline to get out of these stoppages and get back to work and try to get back in the best form you can be in really shows that we put in a lot of time and effort and putting the best products we can out in the court and and especially at this level i mean guys work relentlessly to and to allow themselves to do that. And, and I think that's kind of what shows the most out of this this year is that these players work really, really hard to be able to put on the best show that they can and, and try to get themselves to the best possible level. So I, I think at this point, if anything, if, if this COVID proved anything about college athletics, it shows just how hard that we work. You know, and, and we've, we've seen so much about this in the starts and the stops and whatnot. What did you take away from like having to play a game wearing a mask and having to socially distance and socially distance on campus. And, and I mean, I kind of want, I kind of want to split this up into a couple different things because there's the on the campus off. Well, there's the in, in the basketball world and then out of it. So in the basketball world, wearing a mask, being socially distanced like you said, you guys had start and stops. What did you What did you take away from all of that? Like, what challenged you? What did you think about all of it? You know, the the just the reality of like you're a team, but you're like together, but you're not together because you have to do things differently. I mean, wh- what do you What did you take away from all of that? And what challenged you the most during like the basketball side of it, so to speak? I, I think the biggest thing and. In- and like any like anyone can attest to this is, is basketball is what we want to do and, and basketball is exactly where a lot of us find our happiness so just being in a stoppage for so long and so many times and just having nothing but sitting in a room and just you know what I mean like just being kind of locked up so to speak is just something that it takes a toll on I think it takes a toll after a while and I, and I think everyone can kind of agree it's just exhausting at some point that you just you just want to get out there and play you want things to return back to normal because it's almost almost frustrating and, and granted it is for a great reason and it's completely understandable but it gets to the point where it's just frustrating that you know you you work hard to get sat down for 10 days and you gotta come back out and, and regain everything and, it, and the process happens again and it just it takes a lot it's a, it's a big toll mentally 
in terms of just preparing for that kind of stuff. And, and there's so many restless nights going in. When you get a COVID test, thinking of just hoping that that result doesn't come back negative. And and it's just it was it was it was mentally trying as much as it was physically this year for a lot of us. And and I think that if if that sums up as much as it can, I mean it does. You know, like it, it was it was definitely a, it was a hard year. How did you get through it mentally? We, I mean, you and I have talked about how when you're playing a sport, you know, your your mental health is paramount. You know, you can study the opponent, you can get in the weight room, you can run, you can jump, you can know all the plays, but at the end of the day, if you're not mentally tough, you're not going anywhere. So you know that already. Give me that extra level where, like, you had to be mentally tough, like you said. I mean, physically tough, mentally tough, but to go through the pandemic and, and all the uniqueness of that, how do you think you did mentally? And how did you make yourself tougher mentally than you already are? And, and like I said to you before, I mean, I, I think this is the fourth quarantine that, I mean, by the time the last one happened, I think that was the fourth quarantine that I've had in the last year or so. It, it becomes to the point, like I said, it's, it's, it's anything else. You just gotta, you just gotta understand that what is happening is happening for a reason and, and that it, it makes sense and it's the right thing to do. It's the safe thing to do. And as, as annoying as it can be, it's just, you gotta understand that it's just, it goes to show like, again, it's frustrating because you gotta sit those 10 days and, or however long your quarantine is, come back out, practice hard, get tested, hope that you don't have it, you know, suit up go practice get tested again go to sleep hope you don't have it so it, it was just a continuous process and it just you know if you if you want to get something done you know you just got to sometimes you got to face some things that you're not always accustomed to and, and COVID was definitely something I don't think anyone was really prepared for so just kind of seeing adversity or, or seeing that bump in the road it doesn't always mean that you know it, it, it's a bad thing you know you learn from it speaking here with Luke Sutherland coming from West Genesee moving on to Siena Bryant and now Coming to the Lemoyne College Dolphins off the court, Luke, you're a kid. You're supposed to experience college. What was the college experience like during a pandemic? Because student-athletes weren't really, from my everything that I've gathered, you weren't really able to have a life. You saw your teammates. You did your schoolwork. You went to bed. You saw your teammates. You did your schoolwork. You went to bed. You know, they were asking you to not go out to parties, to not, you know, socialize with anybody outside of the bubble of the team, so to speak. So what was the college experience like this past season? I mean, you said it yourself. You know, you you wake up, you, you eat breakfast, you go to class, you go to practice, you go back to your room, you do your homework, you go back to the gym, you go to bed, and you repeat it. I mean, that was pretty much every day for... I want to say four months, five months, however long that season was. I mean, it's it's every single day was exactly the same, and especially during winter break, <laughs> we were we would go to practice, we'd finish up, and be like, "What day even is it?" You know what I mean? Because we did, we didn't even know because every day was so identical to to each one. But like I said, it goes into just doing the right thing, and and all of us were committed in doing that, and we understood what was on the line if if certain things happened, and we all knew what was for granted and. And we wanted to make sure that we made the most of it. It was a season that we did something pretty special. It was the best season in our school's history this past year. So, I mean, we, we, we definitely took it to our advantage and just focused on the things we, we had to and we controlled what we can control. You know, and controlling what you can control. I've heard that 
for a long time. The first time I ever heard it was with Scott Schaefer, who was the head coach of Syracuse's football team a few years back, uh, right before Dino. And he always said, control the controllables. And he said it at a time where I really needed to hear it. And now I live it more than just hearing it. Is it hard for you to control the controllables? It, does it aggravate you that so much this year was out of your... I mean, you've experienced so many things from a coaching change that was out of your control to, you know, thinking, okay, well, I need to find a better fit for me, which, you know, made some things feel like they were out of your control. Wanting to play this season and respecting the staff and and the team and whatnot, but trying to find a place that fits and trying to do everything you could, but you can't control your playing time outside of doing everything that you possibly can. So that's out of your control. The pandemic's out of your control. So how do you deal with controlling the controllables? Do you think you're good at it? And how do you deal with things you can't control? I mean, luckily, I, I I grew up kind of with at least two parents that always told me that there's always two things you can control, and that's your attitude and your effort. So, I mean, that's kind of been something I've always lived by. And, and regardless of this journey that I'm taking, although it's, it's the less traveled route of the two for me, especially going out of my third school, but a lot of people don't understand like what, what goes into these things, you know I mean? What goes into these decisions? A lot of these people are so quick to jump to conclusions and, and it's just understand for me personally. I mean, all that outside noise, I don't, I just tune out, you know? And like you said, I mean, you got to control the controllable. Like I can, I can give you a good work ethic and I can have a good attitude about it. And that's, I mean, I think I've done a good job of that in my life. And, and just regardless of what's going on, whether it be the first situation, this last situation, I mean, the only thing that I can see that's in the past now, you know, it's behind you and, and luckily, the past is a history lesson, and, and I can go forward, and, and I'm blessed to have a new start at LeMoyne. And like I said, I talked to Coach Champion, I can't wait for this opportunity. And I just, I'm super excited to get on the floor, but I mean, it's just important that, like I said, your, your work ethic and attitude, I think that's the two biggest things through everything. You know, so you have that. And I love that your parents said that to you, two things you can control, your work ethic and your attitude. I mean, like that, that is, that is so huge because they're both you. You know, and, and that's all. That's all you can control. And, you know, Luke, I, I'm 35 years old and I look at my life and, I, and it took me a long time to realize, you know, no matter how much you try to control things from happening, you know, try to make good things happen, you can only control yourself. So, you know, having that instilled with, you know, in your life by your parents, how important has that been to you and you maybe just not sweating the small stuff so much? I, like, like they've been they've been my rock through it all you know what I mean and regardless of what, what goes on I know that like I said I'm a big believer and everything happens for a reason and and regardless of the journey and regardless of the path or regardless of what's going on I think it's important to understand that you know it, it, it's never it's never too much you know what I mean you're not going to get stuff thrown at you that you can't overcome and and I think it's just important to remember that to 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 it all, you know, and, and especially having two people like my parents and even my brother and my sister supporting me through every decision I make. And it's just important having those people close to you because you never know really what's going to happen. And just having that extra support definitely uh, helps. That coming here from Luke Sutherland on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal studio. So you choose Lemoyne, the Lemoyne College Dolphins. You played D1 ball, you now come to D2. I want people to know this before you say anything, because this is just me in today's world of people thinking that they know everything about other people's lives. You're not going from D1 to D2 because you're because you're not talented. 
So, you know, that's the thing that I, I feel like before I ask you any question about coming to LeMoyne, I want to make clear. Secondly, I respect Nate Champion and I respect all of LeMoyne College Dolphins athletics. Thirdly, I respect the Northeast 10. Fourthly, I think they're getting one hell of a player. So with that being stated, please tell me why you chose LeMoyne. I, I was ready, you know, with everything going on and, and having conversations with Coach Champion and you know, I was ready to come to a program that, you know, values, you know, a lot of the same stuff that, that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to go to a program where I can help make a big impact and, and in the future win a lot of games. And, and I think that's exactly what Coach Champions program embodies. And, and I'm just excited to have that fresh start and, and be able to go compete under him and, and learn from him and just, you know, take that next step and hopefully do something special there. What made Lemoyne like the right place of all the places you go? Because you had other D one opportunities, and you know you you had you had other people calling besides Lemoyne. So, what made Lemoyne fit for you better than anybody else in this process? I mean, it was. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, it's a, it's a prominent program. It's a, it's a program that has a lot of success in the past, and 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 on top of that, it's a it's a program home. You know what I mean? I, I think that I was ready for a place that I could come home and, and have a good, like a big impact on the floor. And, and I think LeMoyne has both of those things. And, and bring me in, I mean, you talked about Nate Champion a little bit. What do you like about him as a coach? To get more specifically into Nate Champion, what, what's, what really does it for you that you feel like he's going to be the right coach to get the most out of you? I mean, similar to Coach Grasso, Brian. I mean, he he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he – values development and he, he values improvement and, and it's just one of those things that you know it's rare to come by you know I've got to see a lot of programs I've got to talk to a lot of coaches and it's rare to have a coach that really values improvement as much as these guys do so especially coach champion like everything that I've talked to him about and we've had a lot of conversations since entering and he just seems like a guy that's really going to take my game to the next level and, and I really think that he's going to turn me into a player that is far beyond what I even thought I could become. So, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm really excited to be able to, to learn from him and, and move on from there. You're back home. LeMoyne is, is right here. Are you, what, what are you looking forward to about being, I mean, were you okay to come back home? I know you never really went that far, but did that have a big play in it that, I know, I know you said like, what's not to like about LeMoyne, but did you, just feel like you know for these next three seasons that you had that you wanted to be in central new york i think after this past year just with everything you know what i mean it was definitely a place i was looking for you know what i mean like it, i think after even the covid stuff and just all these situations i think it was time for to you know just kind of return closer to home and, and be able to and at that point do it under a great program and a great coach and and I'm lucky and blessed enough to have every bit of one of those situations at LeMoyne. It's in my backyard. I get to play for one of the best coaches. And on top of that, attempt to do something special and, and something that this school hasn't done in a long time. And you're back here. And the last time you were in Central New York, you did this thing called win a state championship. So I would venture to say that uh, you didn't come back here without the notion that hardware is definitely – capable to being had at LeMoyne. Absolutely. I mean, two years, they didn't play this past season, but the year before that, they won the league. You know what I mean? This is this is a team that, that knows what winning's about and a coach that 
knows what winning is about and, and it's just a program that I, like I've been talking to Coach Champion like I, I, I want to try you know I want to compete for that Final Four I want to compete for that National Championship like that's just something that I'm always driven to work for you know what I mean and and like you said it's it's the hardware you know once you get one you get addicted to it so it's definitely something that I think about almost every day and, and one of the reasons why I'm working so hard is I just you know I want to I want to be one of the pieces to why this team's so successful and, and I'm working hard every day to make sure that that happens. Your parents, your brother, your sister, their thoughts on you coming back, were, were they like, hey, you know, don't feel like you have to or were they like, oh, you know, was mom like crying like, oh my God, my baby's home. Like what, what was the, what was the, what was the reaction immediately by your family when you said, hey, you know, I think, I think I got to, I think I got to come back home. I, I, you know, they were, my parents obviously were really excited. And, and like I said, I mean, it, it makes it very easy for them to get up and catch games. It makes it easy for my friends and family to catch games. And it's just, it, it makes, honestly, it makes the situation that much more better. You know, and I definitely think that, you know, if people haven't gotten their butts out to LeMoyne College to see a game, I have seen plenty. I've seen the evolution of Ted Grant Court which has been remarkable and really awesome. And so, you know, my hopes is obviously fans can be in the stands and whatnot, but there's just something incredible about LeMoyne College and watching, you know, sports there and the men's and women's basketball teams I've gotten to see over the years so much. You know, I I think this is incredible, Luke, that you get to play at Ted Grant Court because it it really has evolved. It really, you know, you could see that the school puts money into their facilities. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, And I... I can't understate it enough. If nobody's ever been out to Lemoyne, I think they definitely should go. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's definitely a, a place that I mean it's my mom's alma mater too. So my mom my mom played soccer there, funny enough. Um, but like you said, I mean it's it's a place that you know I I've, I went to games throughout high school, so I, I know what the atmosphere is there is like, and I and I know the potential that's there and, and like I said it's a program that wins and, and I think that's super important you know it's a program that knows what winning's about and a program that really wants to expand off of the success they already had and I, and I think that that's super important as well playing two seasons transferring getting a waiver having Corona give you a free year of everything you've been through I have this belief that God always looks out he always provides. He always helps. He's always there. You played two seasons, yet you have almost an entire career to give to Lemoyne with three years coming up. What does that mean to you that somehow, some way, it all worked out? Oh, God. Like I said, I mean, it's it's definitely the the path less traveled, and and I've I've said that you know, and my my journey is not the same as other people's, and it won't be the same, and it's unique to me, and. And like I said, like you said, I mean, I, I have three years to give their coach champion in Lemoyne, and, and that's something that me and him talked about. Like, I, I have a lot of goals for those three years. I have a lot of, I have a lot of things that I want to accomplish with this team and with this program, and, and I'm just really blessed to have an opportunity to have the time that I do there. And, and like I said, I, I want to do something special on there, and and I, I like I, I have three years to get better and improve at it and, and try to accomplish those goals. So it's definitely it's a blessing. And you have time to be face-to-face with Fred Kent and ask him where my ring is still. <laughs> so, what does is, what is Coach Kent and the uh, and the team think about you being uh, around? I mean, I, I know that there's, you know, so many people that 
you know, uh, so many players on that team that you won a championship with that are looking to play and have played in the community or will be playing in the community that aren't that far away. What, what has the conversation been like with Coach Kent, if you've talked to him, and, you know, with your former teammates that you won a championship with and teammates in general, what do they think about you coming home? I mean, I, I talked to Coach Kent quite a bit. And like I said, me and him have a, a really special relationship. And, and I think even with talking to him, I mean, he's super ecstatic that I'm coming back. And I'm just excited that he's going to be able to watch one of my games at the next level. And, you know, it, 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 in a sense, it came full circle. And, and I think that that's – that's awesome. And in terms of the teammates, I mean, they're all excited and, and the guys that are in the area, I mean, it's just, it's, it's exciting to be back and just, again, to be able to play in front of friends and family. It's definitely something that I'll, I'll be looking forward to. Yeah. And it gives me an excuse to come out and see even more games at Lemoyne. So I'm excited. Also my dad's alma mater. So Luke Sutherland here with us before I let you go, Luke, you know what it's about rapid fire. I'm not putting you on the hot seat. I'm going to allow you to put me on the hot seat. So I'm going to give you a break, but you can ask me any four questions in the world, inside or outside of basketball or sports. We've known each other for a long time. I consider you such an important part of my life. Consider you family. And, you know, you know that you mean a lot. You've said a lot of things to me on and off the air that I'll take with me everywhere I go, which is why my butt will be in a seat at Lemoyne. So tell your family, because I mean, hopefully we won't have to do the two per person, because if we do, then like it's going to have to be mom and I, dad and I, you know, we're going to have to trade off here and do, I don't know if I got to buy him pizza, whatever I got to do, but we're going to have to figure it out. But uh, looking forward to being up at Lemoyne uh, to see you play. But you got four questions asked me in rapid fire. Luke Sutherland here in wake on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortore inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Fire away, my friend. Uh, first question is, what is the best fast food restaurant? Chick-fil-A. Why are you asking me easy questions? Go ahead. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, I, I don't know. Now that I'm in a spot that has it all the time, I don't know if that would be my number one now. Yeah, chi- listen, know, Chick-fil-A that, is fantastic. There's there's some places that you won't find everywhere in the community, but in our community, Chick-fil-A Cicero, now they're going to be a Chick-fil-A Clay. So... You know, I'm, I'm very, there's two now. I wanted one. Now there's two. I get to work with them, which is fantastic. And contrary to public belief, I do not have my own peppermint chip milkshake maker in my studio, but I wish I did. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> What's your second one? Um, oh, that's tough. Is LeBron James the greatest basketball player ever to walk this earth? No. It's Michael Jordan, it's Michael Jordan, it's Michael Jordan, and it's Michael Jordan. I I respect LeBron James. He is a freak athlete. He is a, you know, just giant, muscular, agile gazelle of a player. But he's not Air Jordan. He doesn't fly like Michael. And Michael did more with less. And Michael also played in an NBA that had like half the league was good. So not that's not saying the players now aren't good, but I'm talking about teams. There was all-stars everywhere. And Michael didn't buy any of them. Like, he did not buy a single. He didn't buy Patrick Ewing and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and so on and, and Joe Dumars and so on and, and Grant Hill, Reggie Miller. It wasn't like the, oh, I can't beat them, so I'll just buy them. He didn't do that. He won championships playing against Carl Malone and John Stockton and Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and so on and so forth. So it's Michael Jordan forever and a day until somebody changes my mind. 
we're gonna have a conversation about that another time i just want you to know that well fine i welcome that conversation we will go get coffee and i'm okay with it because i know as soon as you asked it and i could hear your under the breath remark to me please remember older brother younger brother and I've had more experience than you. So I will have this conversation with you until the cows come home, and I can't wait to have it. But you're wrong, and I love you for that. <laughs> All right. We will, we will, again, we will, we will talk about We this. will. It's fine. I'm ready. What's um, your third one? Who is winning the Super Bowl in this upcoming NFL season? Oh, probably Bill Belichick, because hell hath no fury like a Bill Belichick scorned. I... I, uh, you know, he's so mad. It's like the most dangerous that maybe he's ever been because he had Tom Brady, which was very dangerous, but now he's pissed and he's spending a lot of money and he's, he's putting a team and he's putting a squad together. So I'm very concerned about the Patriots, but I would tell you as long as Tom Brady is in Tampa, they're lethal. I think that he's got a good chance of doing it on the NFC side. If I had to pick a team on the AFC uh, I would tell you that I want to say Buffalo can go far. Thank you. That's perfect. I do. I, to hear. <laughs> I do want to say Buffalo can go far. I don't think Kansas City is going back to the Super Bowl this year. I just, I don't. And, and, you know, they're so talented, but I just, they were missing something last year. And I just, I just feel like they're going to be a little farther away this year, unfortunately for them. So, you know, I think it's kind of an open open season out there in the AFC, but as long as Tom Brady's playing football, it's just a, it's just dangerous. And so I I think Tampa's got a good shot, but I think Buffalo with everything they have and everything they brought in, they should they should at least like do them like they should make the AFC championship game. I love that answer. Man, and if I'm right, you better hold me to this moment. And, uh, 100%. You know, right. and, and if, I, and if I'm wrong, and then we'll just talk about the Jordan conversation more. So, <laughs> but what's your last question for me? What, I mean, who was your favorite high school team you've ever worked with in this area? Why do you do this to me? This is exactly, this is why I'm here. <laughs> so, so, this is not a political answer. And hear me out before you get upset. I have loved every experience, be it West Jenny or CNS or Liverpool or ESM or CBA or anybody I've talked to, literally anybody I've talked to, even individually, if I haven't done an event, like when I've talked to Bishop Grimes and Utica Proctor and so on and so forth in Mexico. So I... And if I left anybody out, it wasn't on purpose, folks. I love y'all. I care about y'all. So I can tell you that everybody has mattered to me. But you know and I know, and you've asked me this question before, and I feel like you're just checking in to make sure. It's like getting a checkup every year by the doctor. You know, like you walk in and they're like, hey, did you do everything you're supposed to do? You know that I said this before, that there's no moment that has ever surpassed what it was like to be on the court with you guys. I want to cry right now talking about it. I mean, I was I was with you, I was with Cam and 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 Will and Christian and I mean, gosh darn and Duds and just like everybody. And I had a mo- and Fred Kent, like I had a moment with 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 everyone. That was the thing. Like I had a moment with with each of you guys. And John, you know, I mean like I got to literally celebrate it 
but I didn't feel like a broadcaster that covered the team. I honestly felt like I celebrated it as part of the team. And then Fred told me this is just as much a cha- your championship as anybody else's because you've been with us from the beginning. You have literally been with this team the entire time. So, you know, we built our relationship through this. So I can tell you that I love every school and I support every school and I want so badly for Central and Upstate New York student athletes and, and just people in general of any age and any background and religion and everything. Like I want us all to succeed because this is my community and I love this community and so many people are not given the spotlight they deserve in the community and I find it very vital for me to do everything I can to change that and I'm trying to and I have tried to, you know, and with all that being said, you know that 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 I love that moment and if you don't know this, Luke, that is one of the greatest moments of my life. Like sports-wise, that is one of the most incredible moments of my life and if I go to the Super Bowl and the Jaguars win it someday your moment will still be one of my favorite moments ever in my life. So there is nothing that can change you and I on the court together, taking a picture with your arm around me, talking about how, you know, it was just, and the stuff you said to me, you said you were with us from the beginning. You know, like I just, you guys gave me so much credit. I didn't think I deserved. And, and, you know, still to this day, I don't think I deserve it. So I don't know how you can ever top that moment. I guess Lemoyne wins a championship with you, and then we talk about that one. But, you know, one of the greatest moments of my life on or off of the sports world was then because I genuinely have a relationship with so many of you on the team, and I care about you all as people. And to be able to be there was one of the proudest moments of my life. I appreciate that. Got me all emotional in my studio. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm off the hot seat. No more. We'll cry off the air. And it'll be you crying when you know that LeBron's not the best. But, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> but, but with that being said, Luke Sutherland, the first, ex- the exclusive first interview since joining the LeMoyne College Dolphins. Luke, thank you for letting me be a part of this. Thank you as always for everything. And you know that I appreciate you like a little brother. So there is uh, nothing I want. I want nothing but success in your life and on and off the court. I hope for it. And I am so uh, honestly surprised in a very happy way that I get to see you right here in our community. And I get to, uh, you know, be able to connect with you a lot more often face to face. So I'm happy you're home. I would have supported you anywhere you went. And uh, as always, I, I want nothing but the best for you. I, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you very much for having me.